Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. I was thinking of polygamists, you know, when I went to Salt Lake City, the headquarters of the LDS Church, the Mormons, Temple Square, and they have all the old buildings and all the stuff you take the tours. And I went to the famous Beehive House. It is the religious quarters, if you will, for Brigham Young. And it was his old house for him and his 55 wives. Can you believe it? So I'm taking the tour of the mansion and asking, I like to ask lots of, lots of questions. And I'm like, you mean to tell me he squeezed all these wives in this little mansion? And they're like, oh no, John. Um, he had houses all over the city. And he spread the wives out. And really, for the most part, only the head wife stood in this house. Because she would not allow all these other wives to be here, you know. And I'm thinking, hmm, sounds like polygamy's not working so good, you know. And they're telling me, yeah, you can't squeeze all these wives in one house. It'll be a disaster. <laughs> Fifty-five wives. The beehive, they're buzzing bees working so hard, trying to work their way to heaven. But it's not all it's cracked up to be. My heart goes out to Hagar. She's a slave. She's the underdog. Everything is falling apart. She's become a runaway bride. She's become a runaway pregnant mother on the lamb, traveling through the desert. She's running for her life. She's scared. She's all alone. Everything is against her. Imagine. A woman in this culture, a slave in this culture, a pagan Egyptian in a Jewish culture, everything is against her. Have you been there? We can relate. Know that Jesus hears you. Verse 7. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness. Now this expression, the angel of the Lord, angel is translated messenger, messenger from heaven. Not a messenger, the messenger definite article. And this unique phrase, the angel of the Lord, is special. This is a special messenger, a one of a kind, and I believe this messenger is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, a Christophany, where Jesus leaves heaven and he starts appearing all over the Bible. And I always keep thinking, Jesus, you're supposed to be in the New Testament right after you're born here on earth. But he's the pre-incarnate Christ. He is God who always existed. And he can come and appear however, whenever, wherever he wants. And can I tell you, God's heart goes out toward Hagar. You might say, oh, 
she's just this woman. She has, she's, she's run away from home. She's a pagan. She's an Egyptian. She should have never been in this mess. Can I tell you, she was forced into this mess. She had no choice. She was ordered. She was commanded. She had to be in this mess. Have you ever had family or friends or people put you in a mess and you didn't want to be in the mess and you're trying to find a way out and there's no way out and you're resorted to running away? I'm running away from this house. I'm running away from this job. I'm out of here. Can I tell you, she's run away. But she's not alone because Jesus has shown up. And can I tell you, Jesus has been hearing her voice, her tears, her cries, and he's come to intervene and change the situation. So she's found by the Lord, or God's number one messenger, I believe, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the spring on the way to Shur. Now, she's been traveling from Palestine, from the Promised Land. She's been heading south, and she's almost there. She's come so far. She's almost back to Egypt, where she came from, where she probably was purchased. She's like, I'm going back home. Right? When everything falls apart, I don't know, the marriage, the kids, the spouse, I'm going home to mom. Right? She's going back home. But God has intervened, and Jesus himself has shown up. You ever run away from home? I had a friend, he uh, was a teenager, and he was in a car accident. It wasn't even his fault. And his father was so cruel, and you're so dumb and stupid, and you smashed up the car, and how are we going to fix it, and our bills, and... He was my friend, and he was just so pounded by his cruel and mean father. You know what he had to do? Day after day, his father would yell and scream at him. He had to run away. He got on his 10-speed bike, and he rode halfway across Los Angeles County. And late at night, he was crying, and he called on a payphone. And he said, Dad, I've run away. I just can't take it anymore. But some Christians intervened, and they said, you know, he's just a kid, and it wasn't even his fault, and it's just a stupid car, and he's your son, and you're going to beat him up and rip him up and destroy him over a stupid car. And he needed, like, someone to shake him up and to get him in check. And he told his son, he said, I'm sorry, it's just a stupid car. I forgive you. Come back home, and we'll make it better. Right? You ever run away? i got to run away. There's no way out. But sometimes we need God's help to fix it. Boy, think about running away, and you're in the desert, and you're pregnant. That's hard. I'm almost home. Verse 8. He said, this is the angel of the Lord, I believe, Jesus Christ. He said to her, Hagar, Sarah's maid, slave, where have you come from and where are you going? Sometimes God shows up and he wants to know what in the world is going on, (laughs) 
right? They heard the footsteps of God, and God's like, Adam, Adam, where are you? What have you done? <laughs> Come on, talk to God. Tell him what's going on. He'll work it out. Converse. And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai, my owner, my master. She has all power over me. She's been really cruel. She's ready to whip me. I'm so scared. And my baby inside of me, I had to run. I need to go back home. She's a slave on the run. That's not good. Runaway slaves can be severely punished. But she felt like, I have no way out. Have you been there? I'm trapped. Verse 9. Then the angel of the Lord, I believe Jesus Christ himself, said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. It's time to go back home. It's time to face the music. Jesus is saying, it's okay, I'll work it out, I'll fix it for you. And you're so scared. I don't want to go back home. I'm scared what's going to happen. And God says, no, it's okay. It's time to go back and to submit to authority. Verse 10, moreover, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be too many to count. Can I tell you, it's not just an angel, it's God. God gives the blessings. God does the miracles. God gives children and descendants like the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. Now, Abram and Sarai are going to be giving these blessings too. And you might feel like, yeah, but I'm, I'm not a Jew. I'm not a good person. I'm not a child of God. That's okay. God can bring you in. God can have a blessing for you too. Even for Hagar. And she might feel, but I'm a slave. I'm an underdog. Why would God bless me? He blesses us all. If you will come to him, if you will cry to him, call upon his name, listen to his voice, and believe his promises to you. Do you see this? You too will have huge descendants. Nations will come out of you, right? Verse 11. The angel of the Lord said to her further, Behold, you are with child, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael. Yeah, I know I'm pregnant. Yeah, but you didn't know it's a baby boy. And you didn't know his name. Jesus is naming her baby. Ishmael means God hears. Because I've heard your cry. Your pain. You're at the end of your rope. You're ready to throw in the towel. And I hear, and I've come, and I'm intervening, and I'm going to fix your big mess. Because God does hear. Because God does care. Because God will intervene. Do you see it? Verse 12. Because the Lord 
has given heed to your affliction. God feels your pain. He sees your tears. And now he's ready to change the situation. Verse 12. He will be a wild donkey of a man. Okay, so get prepared. This boy's going to be crazy. <laughs> he's going to be as stubborn as a mule. He's going to be out of control. He's going to be the ultimate strong-willed child. Have you been there? You're like, honey, you know, we have this child, and he's just so defiant, and she just wants to do her own thing, and I tell her no, and she's just so strong-willed. Have you been there? This is what you're going to get. A strong-willed child. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. He's going to be a fighter. He's going to fight the whole world, and the whole world's going to fight him. And he will live to the east of all his brothers. His descendants will live in the Middle East. Ishmael becomes the father of the Arabs, the Arab nations. Do you know the Arabs? The Arabs are like fighting everybody. The Arabs fighting Israel. The Arabs fighting America. You know, all these wars, we always keep going to the Middle East. Do you know who we're fighting? All these Arab nations, all these Arab terrorists. And then even the Arabs, they fight each other among the tribes. And here they come as prophesied through this little baby boy, Ishmael. Know that Jesus sees you. Verse 13, then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. Do you see this? Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. I thought it was an angel of the Lord. No, it was the Lord. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a God who sees. For she said, have I even remained alive here after seeing him, capital H. She's like, a, I can't believe it. I have survived standing in the very presence of God himself. He's appeared to me, and he's seen me, and I have seen him. That's a big deal to see God. And I have survived his presence. And so I am naming God. You ever make a name for God? God has many names. God even has nicknames that we can give him. And she gives God a name, the God who sees. Was it Melchizedek, who was Jesus, the Christophany? He appears earlier in our book, and he's Jesus, and he appears to Abraham or Abram. And, uh, and he gives Abram another name for God, the Lord God Most High, another name. I've had some Christian friends say, oh, I have a nickname for God because I love him so close and so dearly. You know, I never had a human father, so my nickname for God is Daddy, right? And we can have names for God. God has countless names, personal names. Do you have a name for God? Do you know him that intimately 
that you have a name for him. They are exchanging glances. God, or Jesus specifically, is seeing Hagar, and Hagar is seeing Jesus. Now, you might say, well, how is this possible? Didn't, like Moses said, God, I want to see you in all your glory. And God said, no, you can't see me and live, right? It's too powerful if I reveal all my glory, my kind of glory. You see, the glory of the Father, you'll burn up. So God says, I'll put you in the cave. I'll cover you up. I'll pass by. You see my afterglow, my aftermath. But to see my face would kill you, right? You cannot survive the full-on glory of God. Exodus 33, 20, he said, God said, You cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. It's true. John 1.18, though, explains, No one has seen God at any time. God, the Father, in all his glory, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. You see, it's true, you can't see the Father in all his glory, but guess what? You can see the Son. And the Son of God has come to reveal himself to us. And one day we will see God the Son face to face, and we will be changed. Jesus has come to reveal the Father to us, and we can withstand his presence, but the Father in all his glory, Shekinah glory, throne presence glory, you would burn like a crisp. We need a new body to see God's glorious throne in all its brilliance. Jesus explained in John 8.56 to the Jews, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And the Jews are like, you're not old enough. Abraham never saw you, Jesus. No. Yeah. Abram saw Jesus, Melchizedek. Hagar saw Jesus, the angel of the Lord. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw Jesus. Jacob wrestles with Jesus. Jesus is appearing all over the place. Can I tell you, Jesus is in your life. Jesus has been following you. Christ has been hearing you. And you get a chance. You can meet him. You can see him. He can reveal himself, his glory, his power, his miracles in your life. Verse 14, therefore, the well was called Bir Lahara because it is between Kadesh and Bered. So she names the place to remember that God has revealed himself to her. 15, so Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael, like Jesus told her, right? Ishmael means God hears. 16. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar 
bore Ishmael to him. Men can have children late in life, but women cannot. Don't beat up Sarai. She messed up. She made a mess of things. But God's going to redeem the situation, and Sarai's going to have a miracle baby. But we're getting ahead of the story. What does it mean? What are we to do with this Egyptian runaway mom slave? What is God trying to tell us? To allow Christ to intervene in your situation. To invite Jesus in the middle of your mess. Because only he can straighten it all out and redeem the situation. There was a little boy at church and he liked doing the little Bible puzzles and he'd spill them all on the floor and mix them all up. And he was so little he tried to put the puzzle together and he couldn't do it. And I'd say, if you want, I'll help you. I'll help you put the puzzle. No, pastor, I'll do it by myself. I don't need your help. I can do it, right? <laughs> and then he'd try and try, and to no avail, he'd give up and say, oh, I guess I'm going to need your help, right? And then God whispered to me and says, that's like you. What do you mean? And the Lord saying, your life is like a big puzzle and you get it all mixed up and you're like, no, Jesus, I don't need your help. No, God, I'll put my life together without you. And I try as I might and I finally come down on my knees and I say, Lord, I've made a mess of things. Only you can put my life back together. Have you learned that lesson yet? Can I tell you the secret? It's the cross. The cross fixes everything. Because that's the place Jesus did his work. He died on the cross for you. His blood, his sacrifice. He, only he has the perfect sinless blood. Only Jesus can fix lives and the ultimate messes we make. And if you will come to the cross, if you will trust in Christ, if you will humbly say, get on your knees and pray, Jesus, I can't fix it. Confess, Jesus, I can't make it right. Jesus, I can't kick it. I can't reconcile. I can't put this marriage together. I can't fix my boss. I can't, you know, figure out these bills, you know, everything. I've just destroyed it all. Come to the cross. Because Jesus fixes everything. Jesus is heard. Christ is seen. And if you invite him, he'll come and fix it. Confess your mess. Ask for his help. Do it his way in his time. Call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, help. It's a mess. And I can't do it. Get his attention. And let him come down into your life, into your heart, into your home, into your big, gigantic mess. Because if you do, 
everything's going to be all right. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let God fix your mess. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we know you see us, we know you hear us, and now we invite you, come down and meet us. We need your intervention. We need your redemptive power. Turn everything right side up today. Put all the pieces of our jigsaw puzzle back in place. Fix us, heal us, restore us, because we call upon your name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In that name we pray. Amen. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.